Well, good evening, Astounding Love, Global Church Fellowship, and to all of our friends and family. Welcome to Wednesday night. This is Kingdom 101 Relationships, the Wednesday night Bible study, and I'm Pastor Lanzine Lee, and I'm happy to be here to have a chat with you. As you already know, this evening we are pre-recorded, and um, what it is, is it's kind of a summation, I guess you could say, of all the teachings that have been done over the last couple of weeks. So we've had two um, discipleship type of trainings, one with Carlita and the other one with Leslie. That was last week. And in between, we've had uh, different teachings. And this particular night and topics, what we're going to talk about is kind of a summary of everything that has gone on with maybe a few additional points. And then next week is live and it will be with whichever ministers happen to be available. So we'll have more of a I'm not going to call it a panel discussion, but what we are going to do is look at different points of study and we're going to hear from perspectives. How do you apply these aspects of the kingdom to your life? So let's go ahead and open up in prayer. And then what we'll do is we'll dig in and find out what the Holy Spirit has to say to us tonight. And that will be done. Uh, since I'm starting just a little late, little technical difficulties, I'm going to say that this is probably going to post right around seven o'clock, seven 10 uh, this evening, and then it's going to go on. And I, I'm learning that that's kind of the way some of these work when you're your own studio person. So anyway, uh, let's dig into this. Father, we praise you and thank you for the, the teaching and preaching of your word tonight. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and adds no sorrow. I thank you for Oh, actually, okay, I, I, I can accept that. I thank you for leading and guiding. And let's have this this word together and for all those that have ears to hear that they will hear and that this word is engrafted is able to work and migrate to move into and to do the things within us that are necessary to bring us into those places with you in Jesus name. Amen. And what I heard from the Holy Spirit, and I, I love this, is we're going to maintain integrity. So actually this will uh, post most likely right at about 645. And I'll just cut the teaching part short. And so that we can stay in alignment with what we promise. It's not fair to you. If I say I'm going to start a certain time and, and it's not your fault that uh, I dealt with what I had to deal with. So we'll stay in, in alignment with that. Okay. All right. Now we have been talking about a couple of different things. One, uh, all of this is pertaining to relationship. And one of the things that have been really, really focused on doing is talking to us as it is about having that relationship with the spirit of God, with God himself, and then the relationship with ourselves. And, and this is where the, the, the connectors have to be made. And we really have to know, I, I like to use the expression, we have to know who we're bringing to the party. Because if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are in Christ, because I'm not talking about looking in the mirror and saying, this is my name and all that. But when we don't know what who rules on the inside of us or why we get agitated about certain things or why certain things are allowed to trip us up or any of that if we don't know who you are according to god then you're going to be whatever your emotions tell you to be you're going to be whatever your feelings tell you to be you're going to be whatever the world has dictated that you should be and none of that speaks to the identity that is ours through the word of God, through the person of Jesus Christ, through the spirit of the Christ that is on the inside of us. And 
as we continue with this, we have to go back to the origins. We have to continue back in the genesis of mankind, because that is the only way that we're going to really come into an understanding that who we present ourselves to be in the earth may not be who God has said that we are. And so as long as you give yourself the option of, of, of living according to how you feel about things, treating people according to what how they treat you, and all of the other little nuances of life like that, then you're not living a victorious life. You're living a moment by moment situation, circumstance uh, by situation or circumstance. That's not kingdom. And all of this is about kingdom relationships. Remember that this is not about uh, secular relationships. It's not even about Christian relationships. It is about the kingdom, how you and I relate to the kingdom as, as the kingdom has spoken to us. So we've already established through the notes that there's the kingdom relationship absolutes. We've already talked about all of those different things. And for if anybody that happens to be new to us, um, if you are, well, welcome. It's nice to meet you and all that. But if you do happen to be, then what I want to tell you is that you can go to our website and you can download the notes at www.astoundinglove.org slash lessons. And I'll leave that up for a little while because these basic notes are here. I still have not added anything to it. I will at some point, but not while we still need to get through this. You know, there's no point in giving you a whole lot of stuff to look at when we when we're still not if, if you have still not reached the place of victory in just this part, then why would I want to add to that? I will add to it. But you this this what you get here is what you take into the next part. And so we give you we give each other those pieces to to take in that that will help to build. It creates the, the it's created upon the foundation. And so it'll keep taking us into the places that that the spirit of the Lord has for us to go. All right. So. I just want to deal today with the idea. Oh, yes, because the other thing that we've been talking about is purity, how you can walk in a spirit, the spirit of purity, the 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 purity uh, uh, of the Holy Spirit, uh, this relationship with God, which gets us away from the assignment that is against the word of God that to be harlots, to continue uh, to to live in an unclean way. Now, if you recall your Bible history, those of you that have studied the history at all of Israel or, or read any of the things, it will tell you over and over, the book of Numbers comes to mind um, as well as in Hebrews, but the people would do the things that were right as long as they were supervised. And then kind of like, well, if the authority figure wasn't around then they would just rise up to play. The people sat down, they ate, they drink, and then they rose up to play. I believe that's in Numbers five. But um, there was a, a naughtiness about them because there was a naughtiness in them. There was a desire to do things that uh, tickled the flesh that made them feel better uh, to follow after what their eye gate saw, to follow after what smelled good to them, to follow after what tasted good to them. But it wasn't necessarily what God had put before their eyes or under their, under their nostrils or presented as food for them to eat. Now, forbidden fruit, that is an expression people like to point back to the garden to talk about eating forbidden fruit. I can understand that. But what I'm wanting to say is it was it was about things that they had been told this will bring destruction. It has never been the rules of God. You can have this, but you can't have that without an understanding that he has always given us the instructions that will keep us 
to him, with him, that will keep us from being uh, hurt that, or, or will keep us against being damaged inside and will keep us walking on the road of blessing and manifesting the truth of who he is being seen through our lives to bring it into place for other people. So people that have that rule mentality, I can't, a, a 10 commandments type of command, uh, mentality, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, as of the whole life in Christ is all about don'ts, has a wrong perspective. They have a religious belief because religion is always based on being good or not being good, you know, being found okay by the gods or by the, uh, the, the, the idols or whatever it is, and having to give sacrifices that, that would speak to having these spirits, these uh, dumb idols really like them. If we want rain, then we've got to give an offering. If we want this, and that's not the principle of the kingdom, that's a distortion of what God has said. And without relationship with him, you believe it. If you do not have relationship with someone and somebody tells you something about them, it's easy to believe it if you don't know them. But when somebody says something about an individual that you know well, and you know their character, and you know that the, there are certain things that the, he, this person is not going to do, then you are able to stand and say, I heard what you said, but the I'm not convinced by your argument because you don't have the evidence that you, th that you think that you have or you, or you can't present anything to me to prove it. And that's the same thing in the word of God. People say and lie about God, including those that claim to be his own, because we don't know him. It, it comes from a knowledge of him. Once you know him, you understand God does not withhold any good thing from us, from those that walk uprightly. Now that right there, um, that's Psalm 84, 11, I believe it is. Okay. Now, you can find the rules in there. Oh, okay, I got to walk up right before God or God was going to withhold things from me. Do you know grace came? Jesus came. He let it be known that the, all of the sick people that were being healed, not a single one of those individuals was born from above. Not one of them was necessarily righteous or deserving of healing, but it did not stop the healing power of God from flowing through Christ and into the lives, into the bodies of people. It didn't stop him from raising folks up from the dead. It didn't stop turning water into wine. It didn't stop doing any of the miracles that Jesus performed, none of those things, none of the, the old religious twist of mind. If you remember, it was the Pharisees. It was the arg those that would argue with him. Why would you do this for that person based on this? Why would you do this? Or why would you do this? See, that's the old religious paradigm. When God talks about, I don't withhold anything from those that walk up. I don't withhold from my children. I don't withhold from those that are, that are there. But, but if you or I choose to walk in a way of independence from God, then we walk away from supply. It's not that the supply itself has been withheld by him. It's that the things that we have done have allowed the adversary to step in the way. You can't steal what belongs to us because Jesus has already redeemed it, has already uh, has that. And the Bible says that God has given us all things richly to enjoy. So you see, 
withholding from those that uh, uh, walk uprightly. God has given us all things to richly enjoy. So those things have been given, but the walk with the Lord is what causes us. I, I think of it as a journey of discovery. It's places that you go with him where you see the hidden riches, where you see the treasures, where you understand the puzzles and you can unlock this or that. And you're able to walk in, in a fullness with him that you didn't know that you could do before. So that's where all of those type of things start to come from. And this is how we learn to walk in such a way that we will hear him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they do not follow. So when the relationship is patterned after Jesus, we are able to submit to, to receive and to be joyous in every relationship that we are given. And we're also able to recognize when something did not come from God. Now see, this is not about religion. It is about relationship. There are relationships that you and I may have with food or with uh, spending or with um, entertainment or with uh, habits of, of some kind, things that have been totally destructive to your physical being or your mental and emotional well-being. Those relationships that you have formed with idols, those relationships that you have formed that are with things that can pull you away from the word of God. I can't, I gotta, I gotta go do this. I've got to go do this. Every week when you, uh, a lot of us really have never even returned to a church building, but you know what? Your Sundays, your time of meeting, you've always got something else to do. There's always something that can disrupt the time that you would have if you, when you were traditionally going to a building, okay, you were kind of stuck. You had to go. Uh, you had to show up. Why? I guess because we were taking row and checking your name off. No, we weren't. But but, you know, there was a kind of an uh, almost like an obligation. Yeah, I, I got to go. But let me tell you something. It was never about that. It has always, always been about. I want to be in the gathering place to assemble with the rest of the saints to hear from the spirit of the Lord, because the corporate gathering causes a richer outpouring, even than when I'm just with him by myself. And I don't know how many of you, it's beach day, it's family day, it's this day, it's, it's, it's worship day of everything except the one that gave me the breath that I breathe. And if that brings conviction to you, I'm glad because the truth is, is that the time has come when you have a relationship with someone, there is a time in your life when they should have priority to you. And so you have to ask yourself, how much does God really have priority in your life? I don't like the way they do things online. I get bored. I can't hear this happens, that happens. And anything that you will allow to be an experience I wasn't feeling well. I was up all night. This was going on with me. This was going on with me. This was going on with me. It does not take much, does it? To get you off track, to decide I need to put God second, third, fourth, seventh, or ninth, but he doesn't come first. Even if he comes second, he doesn't come first. And yet you get upset or worried or go through all of the different things you do. Like he's not keeping his side of the bargain. What kind of, what, you, what is that about? Because that's not relationship. It's not relating to him the way he really is. And honestly, you're not being, you're not being truthful with yourself. You are not allowing truth to penetrate. You're running, you're busy, you're this, you're that. I've, I've had friends of mine, a friend of mine actually had to send me a, a word from the Lord to let me know that um, 
I was so busy running. I've been prolonging a process that I've been, that it's time to come out of. But in the last couple of months, I have been busy, 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 busy. Not just the things that I have to do, but things that I have added to that I don't have to do. Things in, in, in the life, in the day to day, uh, things that I will allow to waste or steal time. And these things prolong the process that God said it's time to come out now because I'm ready to manifest some things. You're on this on the clock, if you will. It's time to bring these things forward. There is no delay. The delay is not on God's side. The delay was on my side. Why? Because I had some unhealed things, some things on the inside that it was time to present to him to let him bring this thing all the way through and finish it out. You see, now I was able to accept the correction because I really have made the decision to change because I want this thing. Now that all is I statements, but the truth is, is if you want to put it in right perspective, it's because he is so good because he is so wonderful because he is so honest and beautiful and, and, and worthy that to, to be, to deny him his greatest desires in my life is just something that I don't want to do. Does that make sense? I don't want to deny him the right to be able to be God to me the way he wants to be. I don't want him to be denied the pleasure. And so hearing a word of correction causes me to straighten up and say, aha, since that's what I'm doing, I have to stop everything else and submit. That's actually what was delaying me tonight was I got that word just this morning. And as I was reading through it, I said, well, I don't understand it, but I understand enough of it to start obeying it. And to uh, and what has happened thus far is the weariness has started to dissipate. That was really upon me. And, and these other kinds of little things that had been nitpicking at me have been are being dealt with by the love of God and the will of God being made known because I have chosen because he offered, he offered me the opportunity, the way of escape. And my decision is yes, Lord. He's been talking all week through different prophets and apostles and, and teachers. He's been talking about submitting to him and making the decision for the kingdom that is irrevocable. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to uh, come out of this thing. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'll do kingdom today and not tomorrow, you know? And as I started opening up, this is because of relationship. This is about in the notes, it would be on the page. It talks about intentional superhuman living. This is the spirit to spirit life. The spirit of the Lord speaks a word to my spirit and I will not deny him. This is the attitude that we are to have because of relationship. And also because as my relationship, as relationship with God builds up, love for yourself increases, not self-love, not the, not the love of the world that just talks about pamper yourself and do this for yourself and do that for yourself. No, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to be honest with God and honest with yourself, to be truthful, to, and, and to transparency, honesty, all of these words are great, but everything that's honest is not necessarily the truth. You can be honest about a, an addiction. You can be honest about 
not wanting to spend time with God. You can be honest about, well, I'm bored with this, that, and the other. But the truth is that there's rebellion on the inside of us. The truth is that we have allowed something to get in front of our desire for God to the point that we have, where we used to say, I won't let anything or anybody come between me and my Lord to anything. And anybody can come between me and my Lord. If it provides a distraction, then that's going to be better than having to kowtow to what we think as the message of the kingdom comes forth some of us actually think it's too strict it's too this it's too that oh i don't know if i can i don't know if i can do that i don't i, don't, I, I it might be too much for me no it's not too much for you <laughs> it isn't too much for you but it will cost you you see because it's a decision that you don't go back on it's a decision to stay in it and to allow the word of god and the truth of, of the lord to throw out everything and anything that we have been holding on to. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, the things of the flesh, the things that I like about myself. I like this style of whatever you can insert anything because I, I, it's because it really crosses over. If I say, I like this style of person, you know, a man or a woman, or I like this style of clothing, then it closes off sometimes what people are thinking, but I'm saying anything and everything because the Bible tells us that we, um, the way of escape causes us to flee if necessary from anything that would get in the way of us loving God. But if you're not, if what can get between you and him, what do you allow to distract you? I know people that tell you, I didn't come to church because I was tired. I stayed up all night and this, now if you've been clubbing and you stayed up all night, but you had to go to work the next day to get the, uh, I saw people drag themselves into, into work. Oh, but I don't want to drag myself into the house of God because I don't want to look this way and I don't want to look that way. It's like you're a hypocrite, straight up. And your commitment level is not what you say it is because that's all it takes to trip you up. That's all the devil has to do. They don't have to do anything else to get you to, uh, to fall off. You see, nothing else has to happen. All they got to do is give you the usual excuse, the stumbling block for you to fall over. And that'll be it. I won't, I won't bother. I won't pursue the relationship and God should understand that. And that's the kind of thing that is in our thinking that is not according to what he says. And that's what kingdom is about. Do I have a kingdom relationship with myself? Most of the time we have a high tolerance level for allowing ourselves to get away with things that we don't want to let anybody else get away with. Now, that is if I'm just being honest, I don't know if you're being honest or not, because you see, honestly, you have to make the decision that you, <laughs> I'm going to say it this way. How long are you going to allow that frog to stay in your house? How long will you allow the ways of the world to dictate your connection with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Pastor Lanzine, this sounds a lot rougher. It, it, it sounds like almost like you don't have any care for us. Well, sweetheart, it may sound that way, but that's not the truth. The truth is, is that too many people are dying, perishing, thinking that they were born from above, thinking that they had relationship with the Lord. And the truth is they played with it, but they never, you know, we've heard the teachings about the, the Israelites coming out of Israel, coming out of Egypt, Israel coming out of Egypt. But if you've heard many, many different ministers would say this, but they never got Egypt out of them. They physically came out, but 
soulishly they kept it in that's why they were crying out about we used to have really good onions we used to have this back over in egypt we were able to do this and we were able to do that and that's how we are here well when i was in the world when i was in the world it's like okay maybe you are uh not in the world as you say but how much of the world is in you how much uh, how much of your rhetoric of your vocabulary of your conversation is still is you sound exactly like the people that do not have relationship with god you sound like them you have the same fears you have the same uh, doubts you have the same uh lack of belief or whatever it happens to be where is the kingdom to, to manifest, because remember, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God dwells within. We are, we are the carriers of the kingdom of God to manifest it on earth as in heaven. So do you talk kingdom to yourself or do you, or do you speak something else? Do you talk baby talk? Do you, do you give yourself escape, escape clauses? These were the questions we have. Do you have a kingdom relationship? Do I have a kingdom relationship with myself? Do I have kingdom standards for my life or is there an escape clause in my thinking ministers? Those of you that are going to be on with me next week, pay attention because these, this is the gist of the conversation of, of what we're going to talk about. And um, uh, do I talk kingdom to myself or do I live flesh oriented or mind emotion oriented? And what is the tone of my conversation of my self-talk? Is it worth listening to the things that I have to say to myself? We uh, want a platform many times. We want somebody else to listen. Why aren't they watching my program? Why doesn't anybody ever do this? And why this, that, and the other? Really, the number one audience member that you need to have is you. When the spirit of the Lord is talking through you, he is talking to you. And if I don't hear what he has to say, why would I think anybody else would? Now, sometimes people will because they are more advanced. They're like, I don't care if you are a jackass. I still want to hear what God has to say, you know, but I believe that we allow when we allow the word of the Lord to change us, to mold us, to bring us into the image that he has created for us, that we are so useful in the earth and, and effective in the lives with other people. And that is really the desire of the father is to bring us into those places with him. So what is the identity we're talking about? If you have a kingdom relationship with yourself, it came because you first have the relationship with the king. It's not isolated. It has to start with him. He has first place in everything that we do. And so my relationship with him is where I learn about me. I learn about him. And as I learn about him and he teaches me about me, the me he put into the earth, then it becomes easier to believe him because see, I've learned about him and I've seen from up hand, close up, close and personal, just how much he loves me and cares about me. Example. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter eight and let's look at um, it's kind of one of my go to script passages or chapters. I should say books and chapter eight is one of my go to uh, kind of things. But what I'm thinking about is that. Um, where do we want to go, Holy Spirit? Let's look at verse one. And I'm, I have it right here in the message translation. And it says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, 
the fateful dilemma is resolved. And what, what dilemma is that? That's in chapter seven. So let's look at that in verse 25 or verse 24. And I'm reading on a message translation. Paul said, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Now, you understand that this was in the beginning of this apostle's walk in the places where he had not yet dealt with sin. When we, those of you that are part of our house, you know that as we've been talking about the temple and the, and the outer court, we've been talking about the brazen altar. And the brazen altar is the place where, where death occurs, where you die to the things that you used to live for, or you thought you lived for, the things that kept you dead, actually, the ways of sin, the ways of thinking that were always against God, always causing independence from God. And you die to those things because you get at that altar, we get the opportunity to make the decision to turn away completely from the person that we were, to recognize that we have been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. And therefore, we no longer want to have anything to do with the works of darkness. So my addictions to this, um, habits of destruct my habits that uh, brought about ill health or or brought about uh, finance weak financial situations. My habits of old, I get the opportunity to let them be burned up, to to be uh, completely and absolutely gone from me, stricken from the record. I get the opportunity to learn in that place that I can make the decision not to live the way I used to live. And this, that what he said in Romans seven, and then we go back over with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, he says, low lying black cloud. Uh, King James says, there is therefore now no condemnation or therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, why? Verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Or uh, the message says a new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. That's a very powerful statement. Tyranny, right, ruling you like a tyrant, tormenting you, requiring of you the sacrifice to the altar of sin. You must continue to gamble. You must continue to overeat. You must continue to complain. You must continue to stay in bitterness. You must continue. And it goes on and on and on and on, requiring of you a separated life, a life separated from God. Now, I didn't forget, we were talking about the spirit of harlotry. That is it, running after other gods to serve them. This is what happened with Israel. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt did not come out of them. They had learned ways of worship and ways to do things that were not from God, not from their heritage. And in doing these things and running with these things and in behaving a certain way, it was bringing about destruction because I don't, I don't, I don't care who you are. I'm going to tell you something. 
the more evil we do, things that go contrary to the way of God, to the way of escape, to the purity of the life that we were called into, the more it taints your soul, the more you are defiled, the more you find yourself angry all the time or fighting all the time or afraid or or insecure or argumentative for the sake of being argumentative and you find a perverse pleasure in mockery and fault finding and all of these other things you can pray for somebody one minute and say oh lord i just ask you to bless my pastor bless this one next minute out of your mouth is coming complaints about the pastor the apostle the prophet the evangelist the teacher the 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 the, uh, the people that collect the offering the the whole church structure and so forth so and then you go oh yes but i repent now but no you didn't repent you really did not repent because repent has to do with the change of mind and uh the 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 corresponding actions it's an act of faith and if it's going to come under faith it's going to fit the definition of that which is show me your you told me about your faith show me your works you got the works. show me your faith show me that these things come together that there is a it is an absolute change which means an abandoning of everything that was keeping you tied to it, tethered to it, hindered to it, revisiting old thoughts. That was one of the things I was told, you know, you got to stop revisiting the situation to keep finding fault with yourself when God has not, you see, but, but you can be trained by this need that you think is not met by a refusal to submit to the will of God. You can be trained by disobedience and rebellion to walk in the wrong direction and to stay in a place of, like you said, a black, low-lying black cloud, just continually in a place that God did not call you into, nor did he place you into, and he has called you out of it, but you can't get out of it because your words and your actions do not line up with what he said. All right. Our choices. So we've only got a few more minutes. Uh, I won't hold you long, like I said, but this is harlotry. Uh, it's one who forsakes the true God and worships idols. And, and it's a servant or a rogue or a cheat. It's the servant. You become a servant of the sin instead of it being subject to the truth that you walk in, the truth of the gospel, it's supposed to be subjected to the truth and it to be annihilated. It is for the word and the light and the fire of God to burn these things up. And so we're looking at this again, the identity that he gives us. When we spend that time talking to him, when, when we spend time learning what he's like, one of the first things he gives, he tells us is, you are my son. Remember, he's today you are my son. Today I have begotten you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He calls you by name. I've called you by name. You are mine. This is how he talks about us. The, one of the first things in identity is he tells me I belong to him. He tells me I love, he loves me when I haven't done anything to deserve it. He calls me his when I, I my behavior is still it, to some degree reprehensible. I'm still kind of messing up, but it doesn't stop him from loving me. And because he loves me, it doesn't stop him from wanting to spend time with me to teach me as I learn what he's like. You know, when you're bathed in the presence of, of the Lord, uh, uh, the example that comes to mind is the way that Jesus was with the woman that was caught in the in the in the place of adultery or they caught her having sex in the midst I guess of having sex with the man that they let go and they dragged her naked out of the bed and out into the street 
and threw her at the feet of Jesus. I don't think they handled her well. And they definitely were setting her up for total humiliation. Now, the Bible tells us that, you know, Jesus is a man. And as a man, he had eyes, his eyes for a moment had to have seen a naked woman. But I don't believe he eyed her up and down. You know, the Bible tells us that when they started talking about it, she was found in the very act. And what are you going to do about it? Because she deserves to be stoned and so forth. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit instructed Jesus to bend down, to squat down and to look at the ground. What did that tell me? He did not allow his own eyes to look upon this woman with lust. He didn't do the double and the triple look. He didn't do that. He, he kept eyes off of her while his disciples, I don't doubt for a moment, because there's no way once you've been in his presence, you're going to allow somebody to be stripped naked in the streets and exposed to the ridicule. So they covered this woman. Can I prove it? By his character, yes. And you can ask him, but he did not gaze upon her and, and walk around her and, and do all of that. He didn't make an appointment with her later to follow up now that he'd seen her. No, what he did is he exposed her to the heart of the father. I don't condemn you. Where are the people that were condemning you? They're not here. I don't condemn you either. He never answered them. He, he, he only thing he said is he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. He didn't call them out either. He simply spoke what the spirit of the Lord spoke. And I believe the Holy Spirit then took over the situation, which let me know what? Father, son, and spirit work together to bring about dignity to a woman that according to culture and according to religion did not deserve it. That's how I know he loves. Because I've been exposed. I have not been stripped physically that way. But when my dirty deeds were exposed to others to find fault, my secrets come out, whatever those were or any of that. And they were brought before the eyes of Christ. He didn't condemn me. He said, give it to me. I want all of it. I want your humiliation. I want your pain. I want your frustration. I want all of the different uh, uh, how do you say it? Formulas that you've ever used to mess yourself up. You can give every bit of it to me and I do not condemn you. He said, come to me. This is Mark, uh, Matthew 11. All you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Um, the other way it says in the message translation is you learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Come and learn how I do it. Walk with me. See what me, the father and son operation, see how it works. And let us be the remedy is basically a paraphrase of what he was saying. But at no time, at no time did he say, I want to absolutely humiliate you before others because of the kind of sin that you have. I see you trying, but that's not good enough for me. No, you deserve to be ridiculed. You deserve to be cast out. You deserve to have to jump through hoops before I'll accept you. No, that's not the Jesus that we know. That's not how he talks. That's not how he is. Well, I am just about out of time. Um, because we're about four minutes before the broadcast is supposed to start. So I'm just going to leave it there tonight. Tithes and offerings, uh, standing love, you all know what to do. And so I invite you to do it. I will see you next week with the ministers. Hey, post your questions. Write your comments. I will tune in later tonight to see what you have to say. Let's get into a discussion. 
um, the prayers, I'm already praying for you, but you can talk to him for yourself. And we together are going to get this thing right so that this kingdom thing of ours will manifest in our lives. I love you very much. Pastor Lindsay Lee signing off. I'll see you live with some of the ministers next week. God bless you. I love you astoundingly.